Uh, today we're looking at the bardu of the moment of death. Um, I was just thinking before we sat down, I, I, this isn't really to do with, well it is, it's all to do with the bardu of the moment of death. Um, I can remember a time in India, in the early days in India, when Bhante came out, um, first returned to India. It was an incredible period of my life, seeing Bhante teach the Dharma uh, in India. Um, very, very inspiring time. I'd never, never sort of experienced anything like it. And a few months before Bhante came out, one of our Mitras had, had suddenly died uh, as often happens in India, you know, you get this, these, these, these sort of very, very sudden uh, deaths, out, out, sort of seemingly out of nowhere, and um, uh, it was very, very big impact, obviously, on his family and on the sangha. And um, I saw my first, um, you know, live cremation. You know, you know, a man laid out on the funeral pyre and. Uh, seeing him go up in in flames, which was was curiously liberating, um, uh, very very powerful. Um, but when Bhante came, we had what's known as the Punyana Modana, which is done a few months after the person dies, and it's a it's a lovely uh, practice. Punyana Modana, there's you know, uh, you know, offerings are made to the sangha in the form of food, and there's puja and rejoicing in that person's merits and transferring their merits. And Bunty gave a talk um, uh, to honour this. And he said something where I knew that the Buddha was enlightened. Um, he quoted from the Dhammapada, verse 6, I think it is, um, which is hard to translate, but goes something like, others do not realise that we're all heading for death those who do realize it will end their quarrels and Bhante just just went into that how uh, awareness of death according to the buddha when you really wake up to the fact that you're going to die that other people are going to die you won't quarrel you you will end your quarrels you will uh and, and you know you will prevent quarrels through the practice of metta bhavna and and so on and, and there was something about it the way Bhante was expounding it just that moment, it there seemed it seemed so clear that the Buddha was well, if not enlightened, certainly extraordinarily wise to have that insight into the connection between universal impermanence and death, that realization and love and friendship and uh, non-polarization. There seemed to be something so elegant about that about that realization, and uh, I think it also tells us something about what real insight kind of really looks like uh, in, in actual experience. Um, you know, when you wake up to the fact of death, you can't quarrel, you can't quarrel, you can't polarise, that's just an impossibility. Um, uh, life is far too short uh, for that kind of behaviour. But here we're, we're concerned with the bardo of the moment of death. And it's the clearest and most vivid example of the nature of bardo, probably. Uh, because at the moment of death, everything we are, everything we know, external and internal, is taken completely away. Everything, absolutely everything that we know is taken. Um, 
just stripped away. It's not being given up, it's just being taken. Um, we do not own ourselves, we do not own uh, this life, and everything is taken. Um, and that, but that opens up an incredible space. Uh, Bhante again has a saying in uh, Pieces of Fire, death is a state of enforced meditation. Death is a state of enforced meditation. Uh, because real meditation, of course, is um, the complete with, withdrawal from the senses. It's, uh, uh, you know, the, when you're in dhyana, the senses have completely receded. And, uh, um, you know, you, as you go more deeply into, into meditation, um, you know, you are, as it were, dying uh, to the world around you. And um, I was reading recently that account of that, that Bhante gives of when he uh, very nearly died, uh, was in a sort of state of uh, almost death um, in the early days of the movement. It's in a very, a very interesting piece called 1970, a retrospect. And he was completely serene um, in relation to that. And uh, it was only because the person with him in a way, called him back. That 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 he 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 was quite sort of happy to to go. Um, it's well worth reading. So death is 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 like uh, meditation, um, and this is why meditation is such an important preparation for for dying. Getting used to uh, not being all the time defined by sense experience by. Um, by our attachment to sense experience um, because as I've said death um, uh, everything at the time of death everything all moorings all ground are just com is, is completely removed and and of course that can be frightening um, the prospect of that um, uh, even terrifying um, but it can be a time of course of tremendous possibility and and openness <coughs> So, oh, now when the moment of death upon me is dawning, abandoning attraction and craving and weakness for all worldly things. So what this means is we completely cooperate with the process of dissolution. We abandon all attraction and craving and weakness in relation to worldly things, sense uh, things, and all our habit, habitual responses. We completely cooperate with the process of dissolution. We completely surrender to it. We surrender our will, our attraction, our craving, our susceptibility to everything and everybody around us. Um, if we're clinging on, or to the extent that we're clinging on, we can't use death as a spiritual practice. Tibetan tradition can sound quite harsh in relation to uh, the death process. They actually say the ideal circumstances in which you die is to be completely alone go far away ideally die in a cave uh, far from anybody um, grieving relatives should be asked to to go away because uh, they're calling you back they're they're they're, they're sort of they're, they're, they're sort of appealing to your craving and clinging and you know i've heard stories of you know, the family, understandably, wanting to be with their, their loved one who's dying, but it's only when they go away and take a break that the person can die. Um, they kind of know that um, something's going on. I mean, I remember my mother when she was dying, um, and she 
had dementia for a long time. She was also very deaf. And there was very little to her. And um, I was with my sister and um, we'd had to go to the care home because her money was running out and we had to apply for a grant. And we were sitting with, you know, my poor mum. It was like this little bird um, lying there, just sort of skin and bones, really. And um, it's quite helpful, but rather insensitive social worker came in to talk about money and she she had quite a loud voice but my mum was deaf and my mum started to shake when she came in it was and I called the nurse and the nurse said um oh she knows she's being talked about I mean she couldn't have known through her ears but there's this sort of sensitivity and um you know the social worker understood and so on and uh but it really sort of struck me you know that my mum actually wanted had wanted to die for a long time, but she just couldn't because of her strong will to be with to be with life. Um, it was very very touching. I mean, in the end, she did she did slip away. Um, but no, you the idea the idea is that you 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 you're 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 alone and you have as much. Um, space as possible or if the people are there they're really really um wishing you well and wishing you safe passage and they 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 haven't got any sort of interest in you uh being around um i think uh sangha well no sangha dasa definitely told me that that when they went to the hospital with banti there was a certain point where banti just sent them away uh the people he'd gone with he just wanted to be uh on his own and uh um, to, 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 and Sankadas is convinced that so that he could sort of slip away. In the Bardo Tudol, uh, the spiritual friend or the Lama, and I think actually the Bardo Tudol is a book of friendship, actually. Uh, it's a book of friendship because what the Bardo Tudol is, the, the liberation through hearing, through listening in the Bardo, is that you have, I mean, it, it, I think it can these days it can be a bit a, a bit of an I, well I've heard it said people say that it can be a bit of uh, not exactly an empty ritual but it doesn't have that sort of feeling but it, it, the, the proper practice is that the the Lama the the, the the is a real spiritual friend a real guide uh, to the person so it really is a book of friendship and the way you read it closely the exhortations that are being given are extraordinarily compassionate and clear so the friend keeps reminding you that you are dead it's one of the the big features of the bardo tadol at this moment the moment of death and just after he, the, the the lama keeps saying you have died um because the gandharva as the being is called um the, as the the the, the 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 recently died person um, doesn't believe it and is actually sort of around and, and going up to people who are crying over the body and saying I'm here I'm not dead what are you doing stop treating me like this look at me you know it must be I mean, it's quite amazing it's like some terrible dream you know that that but you know that's that's the way they describe it and um, you know that 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 later on in, in fact when um when it sort of emerges fully as a, as a manumayakaya, um, a mind-made body, it becomes extraordinarily sensitive to what's happening, uh, the being, and um, 
becomes so sensitive it's it's actually um, clairvoyant and can see how badly the death rituals are being done and now people are distracted and thinking about other things and it's getting really angry <laughs> do it properly you know and um, and all that sort of thing it's quite quite poignant but the Lama has to keep saying you have died and you must find a path now you've died you must find a path you must seek and search for a path. Uh, one of the things that, that um, is a, a book I'd recommend if you want to read up on the Bada Tadol is uh, The Hidden History of the Tibetan Book of the Dead by Brian Cuevas, uh, C-U-E-V-A-S. He's, a, he's an American academic. I, th I think he might be a practitioner as well, but it, it really is a brilliant uh, study of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And also um, going into the sort of pre-Buddhist Tibetan uh, concerns about the dead. Um, one of the things that Tibetans are really bothered about is the resolution of the consciousness. Um, that the, the consciousness definitely goes after death uh, to, I'm not sure where it goes in uh, pre-Buddhist uh, Tibet, but they really are concerned about it moving on because Tibetans have this belief that if it doesn't move on, it will become a zombie. It will, you'll you'll get the undead walking around and um, and and so on. They had a big big fear of of that, and you can see what what the bard from that point of view how what a what a genius of a text, the Bada Tadol is because it is actually addressing that issue, from a Buddhist point of view. Um, by 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 this constant reminder that the you t telling you you have died, you have to seek a path, you have to practice the Dharma now. You can make real uh, progress, uh, really sort of uh, resolving uh, things. Um, so yes, um, becoming abandoning attraction and craving and weakness for all worldly things. So let go, give up. Don't be concerned about all this. And then may I be undistracted in the space of the bright, enlightening teachings. Um, an alternative translation, which is perhaps makes it a bit clearer, is may I enter the path of oral instructions undistractedly. May I enter the path of oral instructions undistractedly. You, the oral instructions, the teachings that you've made your own, uh, and which also that the, the Lama is, 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 is teaching to you uh, after you've died. But ideally the teachings that you've internalised and you've made them very bright, I think, you know, to you. Um, you, you bring to mind Dharma. Um, um, uh, you, you've brought, you're bringing the Dharma to mind at this point through recollection of pithy, essential instructions it sort of doesn't matter what it is really at this point verses you've 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 uh, you've remembered your precepts uh, the refuges uh, mantra uh, something that quickly and immediately directly focuses your mind on the dharma something really alive for you uh, perhaps associated with your teacher with your kalyanamitra Kalyanamitras with your yidam, um, you know, and it, and it, and of course, this is what we should do in those moments in our lives that are very, very, you know, challenging and sort of existential. Those existential moments, generally, 
you recollect the teachings that, that, that you've internalized. And that creates a space when you do that, uh, so that you can make use of the space that you've entered at the moment of death. And in the Bada Tadol, generally, throughout, it, it, again and again and again, there's a constant reminder of this. They, keep, they can say, well, recall any pointing out instruction that you've had from your Lama. Um, recall this teaching. Recall the Bodhicitta, the altruistic intention for enlightenment. Recall Avalokiteshvara. It's almost like anything. Just get hold of any Dharma that you know. That is something that you can rely, rely upon uh, and connect with it. You know, everything is falling apart. Uh, so turn to something that you've internalized in your consciousness that you can really rely upon. Um, you know, connect with what, you, what the heart knows is reliable. Uh, that's the sort of ballast of, of your being that I was talking about uh, the other day. May I be able to transfuse myself into the heavenly space of the unborn. Um, transfuse means um, uh, uh, just the English meaning to cause to pass from one state of being to another. Cause to pass from one state of being to another. Actually, it's a translation of the Tibetan powa, uh, which is a translation of the Sanskrit sankranti. Uh, which is the transference of your consciousness to, um, well, in this case, the 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 unborn into into the uh, um, to that which is beyond uh, birth and death. Um, uh, sometimes this this can be described as quite a violent ejection of consciousness to um, uh, to that state. It doesn't have to be like that. Um, uh, interesting. I was looking up the other day. Uh, Bhante's account of, be, of, of receiving Powa instruction from Dilgo Kensi. Mr. Chen advised him to go to Dilgo Kensi to get a number of practices from Dilgo Kensi Rinpoche, and one of them was Powa. And Powa, uh, this Powa, um, Dilgo Kensi said, was only an oral instruction, and it was from the Supreme Yoga Tantra. It was very simple, uh, and you, you can do it anywhere. Uh, a transference of consciousness to Amitabha um, and would and an accompany in Amitabha's long life practice. Um, but he told Bhante that the only person he could talk about it with was Mr. Chen. He couldn't talk about it with anybody else. So we won't be receiving uh, that practice. Um, um, but, you know, I, d I have to say I, I, I did wonder about the time of Bhante's death, whether he'd done something um, Sangadasa, you know, felt that, that Bhante didn't die of what they said he died of. Uh, he felt that, that Bhante made a certain decision at a certain point to, to go. Um, no way of proving that. But it did come to my mind, you know, that Bhante had received this instruction from Dilgo Kensi. I'm sure he knew what to do. Um, it was interesting, I remember when Dada Rinpoche died not, not long afterwards, I was seeing uh, Bhante and, and I was asking what he'd been doing. He said he'd been reflecting a lot, he'd been reflecting a lot on Dada Rinpoche's death. And I said, oh, well, what, what were you thinking? And uh, he said, his timing, his timing. 
Uh, you know, it was one of those where I didn't know what to say to that. Um, but it seemed that Banti seemed to think that Rinpoche had, you know, the power to decide when to die. Um, so interesting. Um, anyway, the 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 the, um, the the whole idea of Powar of transference of consciousness is that you can liberate your consciousness, direct your consciousness to a pure land or into the heart of a Buddha or into a completely boundless space. Here you transfer to the heavenly space of the unborn, the unconditioned, beyond birth and death. Another translation says that you transfer your consciousness to the uncreated expanse of space. And of course, if you can do that, you, you that means you're enlightened. Um, and then there are also instructions about you might spend some time there for a while. And then, out of compassion, you 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 create a near Manakaya and come back. I mean, it sounds amazing, doesn't it? But um, uh, yes, I I don't don't ask me any questions about it because I I'm I'm just passing on what the texts say. Um, in our tradition, of course, we have the contemplation of the six elements. Um, that is actually, I think, a powa practice, um, because you're I- abandoning identification with all of the elements, and you're allowing consciousness to have no bounds. Um, you're letting consciousness just um, become boundless. Um, yes, and you could say that, that, as they describe it in the Nyingma tradition, to realise the luminosity of basic space. And you can get a feeling for that, a little glimpse of that when you do the element practice. Um, I've been feeling for years now that the six element practice is a, a purification practice. Because what you're what you're doing in, in, in abandoning your identification with the the gross elements, of course you're abandoning attachment and craving and aversion and everything that goes with it. And I've I've been noticing that on a good day, with the wind in the right direction, that that the quality of consciousness is somewhat purified uh, by the end of the practice. Um, Dada Rinpoche um, did ask, uh, I think, Nagabodhi why Bhante wasn't teaching Powa um, to us, and um, and uh, Nagabodhi mentioned it to Bhante, and Bhante said, "Well, I've taught fidelity." I teach for, and that was a very interesting comment. You know that the faithfulness uh, to the Dharma, uh, to spiritual friends, uh, to your ideals, uh, beyond the sense, the immediate sense experience. And I thought that was a very gives us a very interesting indication of what's really going on here. It's not to do with some sort of yogic technique, or rather, you know, which might be quite artificial for most people it's about living more profoundly on the plane of um it's not the mental plane in the sense of ideas but you're not defined solely by sense experience you're that's not your your self-definition uh your definition is is to do with your faith in the three jewels i remember uh uh, i forget his name now a, a, a western follower of Tibetan Buddhism being asked about Powa, he said, well, reciting the name of Amitabha is a Powa practice. 
um, for example. You, any mantra is a powwa practice because you're identifying uh, with that quality of consciousness. You're not just living defined by the sense plane and by the material plane. Uh, in the Bardo Tadol, at this point, the Lama, the spiritual friend, is also telling you, uh, helping you to recognize the, the, the signs that you're seeing. There's all sorts of signs that start happening which signify the dissolution of the elements um, and urges you especially to cultivate uh, bodhicitta, uh, to, to keep taking the vow uh, to gain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. And if you can, as I've said before, if you can uh, enter the vastness of space, um, you've also, you, 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 you're also, as it were, going into that with your bodhisattva vow. So the next uh, line is, The hour has come to part with this body composed of flesh and blood. A uh, wonderful line. I think this, uh, this is a... I sometimes just repeat this in itself if I'm meditating on permanent, you know, impermanence. I just keep saying that over and over ag again. Um, the, the time has come. The moment has come to completely let go, to part, uh, to say farewell, uh, to give this up. Hmm? Uh, the hour has come to part with this body composed of flesh and, and blood, or uh, the time has come, the moment has come to part. Um, uh, now to depart from all those hopes and fears that we call ours, but which are not our own. It's a translation of a, of a poem by Rilke, The Departure of the Prodigal Son. Um, and of course there's that wonderful poem of Bantis, The Six Elements Speak. You know, which is which is an incredible <coughs> poem. You know, where the elements are saying farewell. They're giving up on you, and they're saying farewell, and uh, you know, goodbye, goodbye. And of course, we had that at Bante's funeral, didn't we? At the at the at the graveside, um, and uh, that's very interesting there because you you let go in the end into the syllable hum. That's the last. That's the last word is hum. Um, may I know the body to be impermanent and illusory the last line the hour has come to part with this body composed of flesh and blood may I know the body to be impermanent and, illu and illusory so we need to really train ourselves in the impermanence and the illusory nature of our body and our world um, we're so convinced about the reality uh, of this uh, that it all really and permanently and everlastingly exists uh, in 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 some way. We have to train ourselves in its in the fact that it's always changing and it's momentary. Uh, it, it, you know the, the the you know saying yesterday that that you know think about the beginning when we came in and the piano was playing and we were gathering and so on. Well, that's a dream. That's gone. That's just vanished. Uh, completely um, this very moment as as you know we're sitting here now that will vanish completely you know soon we'll be in the shrine room in a completely different uh, moment so we need to really train ourselves in the impermanent and illusory nature of all experience 
if we can't do that in this life, it's going to be very difficult at the time of death uh, to really let go. Um, some years ago, I was reading quite a lot about the bowels of Bengal, B-A-U-L-S, the bowels of Bengal, these itinerant uh, sort of Muslim, Hindu, Sufi, Tantric uh, minstrels, really. Uh, they have this, this notion of realisation of death in life death in life that that that's what a real bowel is that uh you're you're alive but you're fully awake to uh the fact of death and that you will you will die um not in any kind of morbid way i mean the the bowels are ecstatic in their in their renunciation um there's a hadith as well of uh from the the uh from the prophet uh a great saying die before you die die before you die um and i know banter used to mention quite fondly the going forth ritual that you have in in traditional hinduism where the uh the the sannyasin going forth actually conducts their own funeral ceremony um they burn on a pyre all of their clothing all of their possessions um that life is over and they're going off now into into the spiritual life uh, 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 fully. Um, a complete and total giving up of, of the world, becoming, as it were, dead uh, to the world. Uh, another reality is then operating, uh, a wide open uh, reality. I mean, the Buddha talked like this, didn't he, when in the song of the go going forth, um, 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 cramped is this life on, at home dusty indeed its sphere life gone forth is wide open uh, going forth you live open out under the sky not just literally but metaphorically as well um, so we need to start training in, 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 this, in this way to make the most of the bardo of the moment of death where everything will just be taken uh, completely uh, we need to be ready for that uh, so that we can cooperate with that time as fully as possible and use that time uh, to make real uh, spiritual progress. Okay, I'll stop there. <laughs>